0: Okay, can we finally, finally get past whether or not Mitch Trubisky's the number one quarterback? Yeah? Okay, now let's talk about who's number two. Good morning to you. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. The Steelers were... Back at practice yesterday on the South Side after a four-day break. That was day one of week one. And today we will bring Mike Tomlin's press conference and probably not still an announcement on his quarterbacks. However, it's getting to the point where it might as well be a billboard atop Mount Washington. Trubisky not only was named one of the five team captains, but also was atop the team's first official depth chart of the regular season. Not that anyone told Mitch. You can assume anything you want. I mean <laughs> nah, the announcement will come out when it needs to come out, but you're not going to hear it from me. And so we're just go, we just go about our business. And that's fine. Tomlin can do that again today, too, at the press conference. He can have fun with it if he thinks that anything at all is happening in Cincinnati that's causing Zach Taylor or anyone associated with the Bengals to go, Oh, I wonder who's going to be the quarterback. I'm guessing that's not the case, but the one thing that's worth speculation is Mason Rudolph being number two on that same depth chart and Kenny Pickett being number three. Now, it's my stance, first of all, before we get to the backups, for anybody who's new to the program, that Trubisky's the right choice at the right time for number one. I don't want to sound like I'm ducking that issue, again, particularly for anybody who's new to the program. He is the most experienced, obviously. He might be the least likely to make a big, big mistake, considering he's never thrown a pig six. Incredible stat. Only guy in the NFL who's made 50-plus career starts and has never thrown a pick six. Now, I know you're thinking, you're jinxing him now. I mean, maybe I could mention it a third time to kind of break the jinx, but look, he's never done it. That tells you that he's at least reasonably careful with the football, and that's something that's really, really important, to say the least, against an opponent like this. On top of all that, Mitch is the guy who's best suited in this moment to run play action. Do not underestimate that as a factor. Mitch is the guy who's done play action in Chicago. He's run it his whole career, and he's showed more of a familiarity with it because he has more of a familiarity with it than anyone else in camp, including Rudolph Even though Rudolph had been in the NFL for four years, Rudolph obviously wasn't running play action since it's something that Ben didn't want to run. So, one more time, Mitch for number one for right now. I'm okay with that. Number two, maybe not. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported. Academically, to graduate with career ready relevant skills, visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Mason's two and Kenny's three, and right off the bat, your first thought is going to be wow, they're really burying Kenny. They're not going to give Kenny a helmet Sunday in Cincinnati, and it's a lousy way to treat him, to treat a first round pick. When Ben was drafted, Ben was number two for the Steelers' first game. It's not all that common in the NFL for a first round quarterback to be a three at any point of their career, especially at the outset. So it's not great. Are they doing this maybe to enhance Mason's trade value? Well, no. Mason hasn't been traded yet. In fact, If you really think about it, even among those of you who scour social media looking for this sort of thing, you never really found a whole lot of reports connecting Mason to trades, did you? Not from any reliable outlets. So that would lead one to believe that either, A, there was no real interest in him, even among teams that looked like they could use him, a couple of which the Steelers faced in the preseason with the Lions and the Seahawks, or the Steelers just made up their minds that they're not going to do that. They're not going to move him. That their quarterback situation is uncertain enough, unsteady enough, that having three guys in the fold sure feels better than having two. My own thought is that it's the latter. My other thought is that as much as I don't like, and I've said this for a while now, the idea of Kenny in civvies on the sideline, especially after such a promising preseason. And by that, I mean promising not for his long-term future, but promising for his immediate prognosis, for his ability to immediately step on the field. The people who would know the very most about Kenny's readiness in terms of game planning, reading defenses, awareness of how to compensate for when his offensive line crumbles in front of him, which obviously can't be ruled out, those people are Tomlin, Matt Canada, and Mike Sullivan. Those are the three people who would know that more than anything else. And that's not to suggest that NFL coaches or even head coaches or even experienced head coaches like the one in Pittsburgh are infallible. Let's remember that Tomlin presided over the drafting of Kendrick Green. Followed by the bizarre anointment of Kendrick Green to be the next Marquise Pouncey when in fact he wasn't even worth a third round pick. Maybe not a fifth or a sixth round pick either. So I'm not suggesting that these people are infallible because they hold positions. I am suggesting that they have more information than you and I do. And for them to have Kenny in a number three spot entering week one tells me that they feel he has more learning to do more absorption to do before they're ready to put him out there when they are ready to put him out there and mark this one down hold me to this It will be as the starter. He's not going to go sliding gradually up the depth chart. This is the classic case of a team identifying a number two quarterback as the number two quarterback, meaning he stays at two and one and three do the flipping. When we come back, J1Q... Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, and not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Lori Coleman, and she asks, What are your thoughts on the cornerbacks? Is Levi Wallace really not a starter? Or does it not matter so much because... They'll be playing a lot of dime. I didn't get to watch Cam Sutton and Levi Wallace much in the preseason. Lori, it's a really good question. And actually, it might be the best question to come off of that depth chart. If you think about what was all over that thing, what was really a surprise? Mitch at number one quarterback? No. Devin Bush at number one inside linebacker, or I should say starting inside linebacker ahead of Robert Spillane? No. Really wasn't something where you'd go, whoa. However, however, not seeing Levi listed as an outside cornerback and instead seeing Sutton and Akello Witherspoon might raise an eyebrow except that in full view of everybody out in Latrobe, back when all of us were allowed to talk about and report things that we see at practices, Levi was the guy. Levi, I can tell you, Lori, remains the guy. What you are seeing on this depth chart, and this happens a lot in football, and it's why a lot of these things shouldn't be taken seriously is a standard alignment based on a version of football that really no longer exists. To give you a small but wonderful case in point, when they pass around the flip cards in the press boxes before an NFL game in all 30 stadiums, you'll see a fullback listed as part of the starting offense. Okay, how often? Is an NFL team, an NFL offense right now taking the field with a fullback on the first snap? Like, never. Okay, it's it's close to never. It's not never, but it's it's pretty close to never. The Steelers' defense is going to have lots of defensive backs on the field. I don't think that's something they've even tried to hide over the course of training camp in the preseason. They've had a bunch of them out there. And that's the way they're going to go. They do need their defensive front to handle the run. They do need, here it comes, Bush to make tackles on the run or for Miles Jack to take all the snaps and Bush to not even be out there. We'll see how that goes. But otherwise, you're going to see a lot of guys in the middle. That means Arthur Mallette, who's listed as the starting nickelback. And that does mean Cam sliding to the inside. There's no benefit whatsoever for the Steelers to make a depth chart like this and list whatever package they plan to use most commonly in Cincinnati. So what you're seeing is not what you're going to be getting. Levi's going to be on the outside. Akello's going to be on the other side. Cam's going to be in the middle. Mallette's going to be in the middle. I think you might see Trey Norwood get some time. Norwood's been, he's been pretty good. You know, nobody ever talks about Trey Norwood, but he had a pretty strong finish to the 2021 season and made himself look pretty significant. With DeMonte Casey out, I think you're going to see even more. So no, I, I don't think there's any sort of statement being made regarding wallace here at all i appreciate the question Lori. i appreciate everyone listening the daily shot of Steelers. we'll do another one of these tomorrow you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel